The following podcast contains strong language and is suggested for a mature audience. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Off Your Chest with Josh and Beth. I'm Josh. And I'm Beth. Hi, Beth. What is on your mind today? There's not a lot on my mind today, if I'm being honest. Oh, there we go. My mind's quite clear. It's quite well. I say clear. It's never clear. It's but it's it's you know. It's not got. It's it's fine. It's this is fine. Everything's fine. How are you, Josh? <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, just after Easter weekend, had a good Easter weekend. Um. See, you did a bit of hiking on the old Instagram there. I I went to um the cliffs at Flamborough, um and Flambra saw head. Me- yes. Mm. Saw many a seal. It was great. I expected to see no seals, and there were so many seals. Is it, it seal season? It was must have been seal season. There was all different colours, all different shapes and sizes. All the seals. It was wonderful. That's great. Cool. <laughs> How what was you... your favourite? What was your favourite Easter egg that you got? And in general, what is your favourite Easter egg? My favourite Easter egg. I didn't get. Um, oh. I know, because it was expensive and, you know, things are more expensive now anyway, so it was even more expensive. But mm. my favourite Easter egg um, that I really wanted is the fruit and nut one. You know, where the actual egg is fruit and nut as well. I did not know that that was a thing. Oh, I, I wouldn't... Beautiful. Yeah. But it's like £12, so that's excessive for an egg. Yeah, that's a bit much. Yeah, so instead um, got a Kit Kat one from my um, mother-in-law. And yep. I got a cream egg one and a t- orange twirl one from my parents. That's very good. I will say, cream egg used to be my favourite. Now mini egg. I've I've switched over to the mini egg side. Ooh, see, I'm definitely more of a cream egg. The mini egg for me, it's good, but it doesn't quite hit me the same way. I don't. I I think it's just the crunchiness. I just like a. I just like a good crunch. You know what I mean? You probably love the fruit and nut egg. Mmm. Well, if I'm shilling out £12 for it, I'm going to have to love the <laughs> bloody thing at that price. Better be best egg you've ever had in your life. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, have you been watching any film media to discuss with the gang? Oh, so many. Okay, so I watched the new, the new, the new Jimmy Savile um, two-parter. Oh, um, oh, that's that's what my notes are. I've yeah. got the Jimmy Savile. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so watch so that. that is, we don't. We we shouldn't sound so excited for it, but yeah, we watched uh, yeah Jimmy Savile, a British horror story. Yep. Um, Did you find that it was it was quite bizarre watching it because you had to like I had to keep reminding myself that it's also going out to American audiences because oh and it was, right okay it was oh different thing <laughs> yeah because right. um because yeah it was like they'd be talking they'd be talking about stuff and I'd be like. What, but everyone knows this, and I had to be like, no, no, this is this is aimed at like American people as well. So yeah, yeah but it was it was really really interesting. I mean, a lot of stuff, obviously, especially with me and you being from Leeds and stuff. A lot of stuff we already kind of knew, oh, yeah. but um, there were certain things that I had no idea about, and it was just, especially royal connections and things like that. Yeah, um, right. I had no idea about that, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much that's. Don't that's under- don't understand why anyone why anyone from Leeds uh, would buddy up with Margaret Thatcher. Um, I guess we know now why, um, mm. but there you go. I thought the documentary, especially in the first episode, because obviously they need to explain who Jimmy Savile is to yeah. a, a, an audience who aren't familiar with them, because it is literally a British horror story. So I'm assuming 
I'm assuming this is mostly being consumed in the United States. But on the first episode, like, I think about, like, 90 or, like, 80% of it is just dedicated to all of um, Jimmy Savile's charity work. And it's just, mm. like, when you get lost in, like, all the good stuff that he did, you kind of forget about the bad stuff. It's just sort of, like, it had to, like, keep periodically reminding you, this is an awful man. And it's just, like, yeah. And especially in episode two, when they get one of the, uh, well, one of the victims to sort of account what happened, it just really hits home. But, yeah, that first episode was a very strange one for me because it was just, like, well, he, he did... It's it's such a weird situation because he did so much good, but he did so much bad. It's so complicated, and yeah, obviously he's an a hole, mm. but he did change a lot of people's lives for the better. It's a very it's a very mixed emotions thing. Even after you know he's been you know all of this stuff came out about ten years ago, it's still a difficult thing to to wrestle with. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I mean I would actually say that i viewed the um the first episode very different to you i didn't feel Mm. like that because i think the entire way through i was i was looking at everything he was doing and looking at all the you know the things they were talking about and i was thinking of of it like right he's an absolute psychopath i can see exactly why he's wanting to do this i can see why he's you know doing this charity work i can see what he's trying to hide i can see what he's trying to cut like portray i can see what he's and it's like yeah. i could see it as like I, I think i just must have had it in a different mindset because i was rather than just looking at it as like oh this is what he's done i probably went into it kind of in a more psychological way which probably because of my degree to be honest i'm always psychoanalyzing yeah but um but yeah so i i was it actually the first episode made me think of him as even more sort of like creepy and and terrible because I could like yeah. I knew there was a monster inside and I could kind of like see him if that makes sense. Yeah, I think honestly I think sort of with it as well. I mean the man himself like put it best in the actual documentary when he said that when he's in front of St Peter or St Christopher whoever it is at the pearly gates mm. and they top up all the good that he's done and all the bad that he's done it's he's hoping that the good's going to outweigh the bad and it's like uh, yeah, it's just, it's such a complicated situation, and obviously he is a piece of crap, awful human being, mm-hmm. all that stuff. But there is, there was, you know, you don't, you you don't do that for no, you know. But anyway, um, I've got, I've watched another documentary. Do tell. Uh, about somebody from a celebrity from the past. It's called uh, I Play a two part documentary called Gaza. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure if you're familiar with the football player Paul Gascoigne from the oh, 90s. I've heard of him. Yeah, so he's sort of like become famous as being sort of like this aloof, alcoholic, um, Geordie bloke, um, sort of in the media. And this sort of goes from when he was a player and, well, it's two stories going on in the documentary. One, his football career, and two, how the tabloids basically... Um, the 90s tabloid press completely ruined his life um, by exploiting every single person that he's ever met um, and basically just pushed him to a complete breakdown um, and alcoholism. Um, But yeah, um, I would highly recommend it just to sort of get a hint on how much of a piece of crap the the, the tabloid press are in this country. 
And in many countries as well, I assume. I mean, we, that, that was also kind of evident in, like, the Diana stuff as well. Like, mm. so, yeah, the tabloid press are very vulture in this country. Yeah. yeah, and it goes into the whole news of the world um, phone hacking scandal as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, dodgy. Dodgy people. Um, I've, I've actually been watching a lot of documentaries. Do you have any more documentaries specifically that you've been on? Um, I've watched a lot of couples come dine with me. Not a documentary, but... <laughs> it's more reality television, I think. <laughs> but I'm going to throw it in there. But I don't, okay. no, I, don't, I don't think we've actually watched it. Well, actually, no, saying that, because obviously we watch... I'm thinking of traditional documentaries. But realistically, we watch a lot of um, YouTube-style, like, chart documentary type stuff. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I found a new channel on YouTube... Which is mm. really interesting. Might not be for anyone else, but it, we find it so interesting. So it's basically, it talks about all the animatronics at Disney. Um, and it's, the channel's called, I think, like TCP Vids. Um, but yeah, they talk about a lot of the animatronics at Disney and stuff. And it's really interesting because you get to see sort of like, what they, t- what they tend to do, the best videos I find that they've got, is the ones that are kind of, this is like when the animatronics have gone wrong, like when they failed or glitched or whatever. But it's really <gasps> interesting because you get to see Killed why. What? Killed a kid. Killed <laughs> a kid? No. No. Um, <laughs> because you get to see like how they work and stuff. I just find that kind of thing yeah. interesting. I like. I find like Disney parks behind the scenes interesting because they are so ridiculously high budget and so like everything's absolutely on everything. Like this, as soon as an animatronic glitches or anything the cast members sort it out straight away. They take it out and go repair it. Whereas personally, yeah. I think about Eureka where like, you know, something broke 10 years ago and it remains broken. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, it's just yeah. like, yep, guess, guess we're not yeah. learning about that for a bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that was uh, that's pretty much it. Well, I do like, uh, the, is there a video from that channel about the, um, the Avatar um, animatronic? You know, the Navi from Avatar, yes. the blue people Avatar, not the good one. Yeah. Like, okay. I I do think that I've seen it on um, their top 10. I think it might have been their top 10, like, animatronics. Um, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a gander, see if they've done what? a video on that one, because that one looks amazing. I can give you one that beat it, though, and it's their number one animatronic in, in the Disney parks. Okay, I've, I've got my pen ready. It's ridiculous. It's the Spider-Man animatronic. The spider Right, I do. I'm not even kidding. Go look up right now. Just go on YouTube. I I can't. All my stuff is recording this. <laughs> oh, Josh, you need to watch the Spider-Man animatronic because it's I part of a computer. stunt show, and it's yeah. the most incredible piece of of technology I have ever seen. This I'll bring it down. Bring this, it down. Good. This Spider-Man animatronic does stunts. It flies through the air without any kind of thing. It's yeah. ridiculous. Now, as soon as you said Spider-Man, in my head I thought, have you ever seen Ghost in the Shell? Um, I haven't. Any, anything. No. There's a great thing in there called a spider tank. It's exactly what you imagine it's going to be. Um, a tank full of spiders? No, it's a, it's a tank that's got eight legs and it can go over stuff. Oh, okay. I was thinking like a tank as in like a sensory deprivation tank. So full of spiders. Full of spiders, yeah. I was, that's what I was oh, thinking. Yeah. Well, that sounds like, like hell. And you were like, it's exactly what you're thinking. And I was like, oh, <laughs> many spiders. Uh, well, you and you and I both have different things that come to mind when we hear the phrase <laughs> spider tank. 
But yeah, I thought it. I was thinking, like, I wonder if there's a park in Japan that's like animatronized that. But anyway, that's by the by. I will definitely check out that channel uh, there, Beth. But yeah. I've been watching another documentary as well. A lot yes. of documentaries today. I've watched more documentaries than there is on my docket. Mad. Wow. Have you watched the Jeremy Kyle documentary on ITV? That's a good one. No, I didn't even know there was a, a Jeremy Kyle documentary. But then again, it, ITV, I probably haven't noticed. Oh, sorry, honest. sorry, sorry. Channel 4. It's on Channel 4. It's about oh, okay. ITV. So, sorry for okay. confusion. I probably, yeah, I probably, if, it's t- if it's normal TV, I tend not to realise what, what they're doing when they watch it. <laughs> yeah, same, same. But, uh, yeah, the Can't Jeremy Kyle one. Watch that as well. But the one that I really want to talk about is... On Netflix, it's called The Sparks Brothers. Have you heard of Sparks, the popular music group? Yes, but I mm. couldn't tell you a single thing about them. Well, have I got the documentary for you if you want to <laughs> learn some more? Um, so basically what it is, it's a deep dive into the, at the time, 23-album, 56-year career of Ron and Russell Mayle, uh, the two brothers, um, of the Sparks bands and it goes through all the highs and lows of the bands and how they've had like comeback after comeback after comeback after comeback and they go a little bit quiet then they come back and it's fantastic they just keep reinventing themselves and they've been going since the 1970s um, and yeah they've just kept this very small profile but very dedicated following and um, it's a charming little look into the lives of uh, a couple of 70-year-old lads. And it's a great documentary. And it's by Edgar Wright as well. You know, I believe it's his first documentary. So check it out. It's on Netflix now. I love how you do little, like, reviews and just, like, you have such... And I'm just here, like, yeah, it's good. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I took notes for once, eh? I know. You're absolutely on it. Oh, well, I remember. Um, I Jeremy Kyle it. reminded me. Um... So my friend came over yesterday and she um, actually went to go see Jeremy Kyle live when she was 19. Um, so, oh, in Manchester? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So she was telling me, we were talking about him yesterday, weirdly, um, and she was telling me about her time there and she was saying that basically it's it's so, it's so like, it, everything's about making Jeremy seem this godly, and you know benevolent and wonderful figure um she said like there were the producers basically said to them if we come out and do a reaction you need to copy it so it was like all the claps for you know saying some when jeremy says something and it's all about making him seem amazing and whatever um and she also said what was she thought was really really awful was that they all shared the same backstage area so when the audience went out for a break the producers basically like were just walking through with the people that they'd just seen on stage and she said it was awful because like everyone was gawping at them because you would do you've just seen them all their dirty laundry on stage um and she was like oh they were like you know there was a girl in floods of tears and stuff because they just had this big confrontation on stage so yeah that's that was the little back backstage info i got well, I mean, with the documentary, it goes into the... It's essentially exploitation of, like, working-class people, essentially. Pop on. Yeah, pop on. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> dear. That's a great term for it, actually. But, yeah, like, even though, like, you watch it... Like, halfway through the documentary, it's just sort of like, well, this is entertaining, but, again, this is off the back of exploitation. Mm. It's about the exploitation done by this production company, but a documentary crew is documenting that exploitation 
and I'm being entertained by it. It's a again, it's a weird little paradigm. Yeah. Uh, with it there, but um, yeah. I mean, I'm I I I was saying this yesterday. I'm happy to admit that I absolutely loved watching Jeremy Kyle when I was, you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and it was just like we're looking back at it. It was so ex- exploitative, but but it was just very easy to watch. With, yeah, like um, we've. With Jerry Springer, there was like a little bit of like cognitive dissonance because one, they're American; two, some of them are very blatantly staged. Yeah, um, it's really like silly. the usually it usually involves you know, um, oh, what's the, Beth? What's the PC term for a little person? Um, you know, what um, I mean? uh, that's I think that's basically it. A, a, a little but person. I but I've so, I've got a friend and she just she likes to be called dwarf so. Okay, yeah, so it's just like, it, when it's like, oh, there's a dwarf on stage who's a dwarf couple on stage and they've been having an affair with, like, three other dwarfs or whatever and they all come out and have a fight. It's like, obviously that kind of shit's staged, but, um, oh, swear. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> then you have, like, the real stuff spliced in there so you can create a distance, whereas with Jeremy Kyle, uh, it's... It's also real. It's like you it's, could know yeah, these it's people. it's very real. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's the thing. It's like, look, what made it so interesting to watch back then was they were literally people that you pass in the that you could pass in the street every day and yeah. they're people who you know you you hear for me as well back then it was like oh these like the type of phone conversations i could sort of hear on the bus or whatever and it's yeah. like you're getting an insight into people's lives and um who are very relatable because they're like the people that you meet every day and yeah, yeah but it is exploitative uh, complete 180, you just reminded me of a story about overhearing conversations. Now, I went to I saw to a, a little pub... smile and I was like, what's he thinking? <laughs> I, went to a, I went to a pub yesterday mm. and because um, uh, we were doing like a little comedy practice thing with the new group and uh, I was downstairs having a little, um, little diet coke just to sort of like calm my nerves outside. On the table next to me, like entire beer garden was completely empty, bank holiday Monday. But behind me, there was this girl who was telling her friends about how at her school, uh, for multiple years, for about four years, an all-girls school, um, she sounded like she was from down south. There was only 300 people in the entire school, but there was a mystery pooper who used to just take a dump outside of the, uh, the cubicle in multiple girls' rooms throughout multiple years, and they never got caught. Amazing. And I <laughs> fessed up to her and said, "I've just overheard that. Did you ever? Ca- did she ever get caught?" And she was just like, "No, nobody ever knew who it was." I was just like, "Okay, no worries." I'm just like, "Oh, that's a shit." But also, yeah. that's like the plot of one of the episodes of Bob's Burgers. Oh, is it? Oh, well, I yeah. imagine it happens all the time. There's or she like, might have been BSing me. I don't know. There was like a mystery pooper in in the school and stuff, and they were, didn't know who it was. Like, yeah. No, so, there you go. Her life Trust is like Bob's Burgers. Or she just made it up. Or she made I it up. Know. You know, one of the two. Yeah. But it, it isn't a... that far from, you know, from belief. Because in, in when I've, you know, been working in schools in the past, there's been a school recently that I worked at where a child just did a, a poo in the middle of the library. Yeah. So someone someone did do a that poo. kind of thing. Someone did a poo at our school in one of the stand-up urinals. Uh, that was a mystery for a while. Why? Did they? I don't understand, but okay. I don't know either, but um, yeah. I don't know why. Is um, it a sexual right? thing? Is there a thrill? I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, this one, well at my school, they got caught. Ryan, you're a dirty boy. <laughs> dirty Ryan. But yeah. Nice. 
Um, I've also been watching. I've been watching some animes as well. Lovely. Off of the thing, uh, Blue Period on Netflix. You heard Not of this even one? Seen that. No. Okay, high school anime boy. He's a bit of a degenerate. He loves to drink. He loves to watch soccer with his pals. Decides to get into art and becomes obsessed with getting into art school. Um, it's a very typical anime, but it goes into massive detail about like art techniques and composition oh. and stuff like that. Um, so, so it's a bit educational any... as you go. It's like exactly, exactly. A bit Bob so, Rossi. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Bob Rossi, his yeah. Italian um, ice cream brother. Uh, but yeah, now if you have any interest in art whatsoever, uh, give the first couple of episodes a watch. If you like it, great. If not, done. Fair assessment. There you go. And uh, do you have anything uh, else that you want to throw um, into the media segment? I'm thinking about what. Well, watch Jesus Christ Superstar last night because um, A, we love it because Tim Minchin, and mm. B, um, because it was t- tis the season, <laughs> tis the time of year. Um, oh, yeah, of course, yeah. And all my Catholicism teaching came out. It was just, I was like, I felt like I was like, I was explaining it. I was like, oh, that's that person. And the reason they're doing this is because they had to do this. So thank you, Catholic school, for bring, for filling me full of pointless, I say it's really offensive, full of, you know, loads of information that I'm probably never going to really need. But it's good for yeah. explaining the plot of Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> and you know what? You know what? Yeah. Ten Commandments, they're pretty good, pretty good rules to live by. Don't kill, well, yeah. don't adulterate, keep Sunday lazy. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, keep Sunday lazy. Have a day off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Have a day off. Yeah. Um, I've also been watching. Uh, I've watched another anime, also on Netflix. Mm. Uh, this is this is this is a this is an absolute banger. Let me tell you this, Beth. It's called Summit of the Gods. Okay. Okay, so so there's a journalist, yeah, for a yeah. mountaineering magazine, which is a, a real thing, apparently. Uh, so he sees like some picture of some climbers, but in the background there's a there's a there's a little climber, and he's got in his hands what this journalist believes to be George Mallory's lost camera. Now George Mallory was the first bloke who ever went to the top of Everest, and uh, he died on the descent. Mm-hmm. Um, and his camera was never found. Ooh. So he looks into it and he finds this very mysterious, very reclusive climber called Habu. Um, this Japanese... Um, it's, it's all set in Japan. It's a mm. French-made anime, which I thought was weird. That's like set in Japan as well. It's not even like... Yeah, yeah. Based on a Japanese manga as well. It's a very odd one. And I yeah. really wouldn't have been able to tell if I didn't look it up on Wikipedia. But... Um, Yeah, so basically Habu's got an obsessive compulsion to climb Everest during winter, during the most difficult summit, um, not summit, route, which is, I believe, the southern summit, um, and without oxygen as well. So he wants to do the hardest, hardest possible Everest climb you can do. Um, But yeah, as with most media about mountain climbing... Um, it's not romantic. It's painted as like this really obsessive call of the void thing that climbers like risk their lives for. Um, and the animation on it, it it looks at some points like it's half rotoscoped. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, but if you have any sort of affection for films like Free Solo or Everest with Jake Gyllenhaal, can't recommend it enough. Climbers and mountaineers are insane people. Um, and uh, yeah, this this goes into it a little bit. In fact, I'm, I will tell Lewis about it because Lewis is obsessed with mountains and and he loves watching like documentaries about mountain climbers and stuff. So he will, 
absolutely mm. love it um i've also remembered some other things that i've watched that i was going to recommend They're pretty much just movies though to be fair um it's all right I, i'm assuming have you watched turning red yet yes i watched it i watched it like i watched it before you did yeah you did yeah okay <laughs> you ding that <laughs> turning red is so good okay right that's yeah. that's basically that um okay and then the other is uh, so, just just on that just yes. on that real quick did you get Gravity Falls vibes from it as well. Like in the way that like the, now that the you're friendship saying group it, there. Yes, yes. Yes, there you go. Okay, cool. That's all I wanted to know. Glad it okay. wasn't just me. Okay, great. <laughs> um I'm also convinced there must be a sequel coming because otherwise why did they choose to set it in the nineties? Um, but okay. I th- oh I thought it was so cool that they set it in the nineties because it, it was just it was like great, oh, but I just was got like why? Phones. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, uh, it was so I think Oh, sorry, go ahead. Um, I also really connected with it, just in general. I, I found very... At some points, I was I was just like, this is really difficult because it hits hard, like, with the whole, like, um, needing to impress and, like, and, you know, living up to expectations and, like, parents' expectations and stuff. It was it was very... Yeah. very it hit home a lot, and, and I enjoyed that. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely... Uh one of the well definitely one of the best disney films that i've seen recently like up yeah. there with the original frozen and tangled for me there um but um we started watching soul last night uh, we we got halfway through it and then we got a little bit tired so um i'll probably write about that but so far very good definitely not the film that i thought it was going to be yeah. i thought it was just i thought it was just going to be about music and then you know it's about I, oh, it's about death it's yeah. just like very strange um but yeah sorry you were watching something else as well um, oh yeah, so this incredible, incredible movie, and if you haven't watched it, you really should. Um, it's on Netflix. Yeah. Horror movie. Oh dear. Choose or die. Oh yeah. Um, so well, you good. Choose or. The premise. Die. I mean, the, the essential. The premise. You might know, but the premise is that um, this eighties, um, you know, like text-based choose-your-own-adventure game. Oh yeah, those old text uh, texty yeah. boys, yeah. So it's like basic- Hitchhiker's Guide, yeah. Yeah, so it's basically one of them, um, and it it basically um, someone realizes one day, it, like the, the kind of way they introduce you to it is, it's it's saying what he's doing. So it's like the adventurer's chalice was empty, and and he's like holding a can of beer, and it's like, huh. And then the thing says, um, Reef, do you want another or do you want to leave the cave? And it's like have another and like a new beer appears so basically oh, it's like okay. it does that but then it gets to a point where it says um so in this situation i'll just give you it's not too much spoilers at the very beginning at the um at this point it says um okay his tongue are her ears and he's like what um and it says choose or die that's what it's saying it's like choose or die choose or die and he has to choose so he just writes his tongue and then he goes into the out of his um, like man cave basically, and sees that his wife has chopped off his son's tongue, and she's like, "I don't know what I've done." Um, mm. So basically, that's the premise. It's it's this game tries to make you, um, tries to just like hurt you and hurt the people around you, um, and it's just okay. very 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 good. Okay, I'll 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 watch the trailer for it. It's a horror film. I will put my hands up. That's 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 a big uh, for me, but it's not I'll, too, I'll definitely I'll watch the trailer bad. for it. Yeah, it, it, it sounds a little bit like 
it sounds a little bit like if you remember that film, that Will Ferrell film, Stranger Than Fiction. But it also, from what you're saying, it sounds a little bit like um, that Colin Farrell film, Killing of a Sacred Deer. I've not um, seen either of those, so I can't. Oh, you you will like Killing of a Sacred Deer. That is like, it's it's sort of like kind of a horror film. It's more of a psychological thriller than a horror film, but it's got the same vibe as uh, The Shining to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's basically um, somebody puts a curse on Colin Farrell's family. Bad things happen. Mm. Cool. But yeah, it's like really. Like there's a bit in it where um, one of the characters uh, loses um, loses feeling in his legs and he has to crawl out of a hospital bed, um, and the way it's framed mm. is effing terrifying. And it's just like this is just a character who we've seen a whole bunch in this film, and he is crawling on the floor, but it's terrifying. But yeah, it's very good. It's a very good film. Killing of a cool. Sacred Deer. There, but... I will. I'll check that out. Okay, I think it was on Amazon ages ago, but, you know, with Amazon, it just yeah, disappears yeah. after there. But uh, if if we just pretend that that last bit didn't happen... Speaking of mountains, do you want to play a brand new game that I've uh, <laughs> come up with? Yes, I remember you mentioned a new game, so do tell. <laughs> okay, so I've heard that you love mountains. Is that true? Sure, absolutely. I've, I've heard that you love true crime. Is that true? That is true, yes. So, let's play the game of Mountain or Murderer. Okie dokie, right. So, uh, your heads are in your, ha- your hands in your hands there, uh, I've noticed there, Beth. I won't take any offence. So, <laughs> I'm going to read out, or I'm going to embody the spirit of a mountain or a murderer. And you need to guess which one I am with cryptic clues. What the uh, god? You've, got, you've what? got two clues. Okay. If you get it... On the first one, you get two points, and if you get... I don't know how this works. I don't know that, I don't know why I've introduced a point system, but here we go. Mountain <laughs> or murderer. I've forgotten how to pronounce most of these, because most of them are in foreign countries. I am Zingo. I'm located in northern Italy, near the border of southern Australia. Hmm. Am I a mountain or a murderer, Beth? Initial thoughts. Well, you've described yourself very much like a mountain because I don't understand why a murderer is going to... I mean, are you saying they were from there? Are they? Do they stay there? Is that where they're based? Like, I don't know. I am responsible for two deaths in the 1940s. Ah. And my modus operandi is to bury my victims under stones. Mountain. Uh, my name is Guido Zingirl, a.k.a. the Monster of Tyrol. I was arrested in 1950 in prison Blood. for life. Oh. But I died 12 years later. On mountain. mountain. <laughs> oh, it was a murderer. That is, That was actually very good. I'm very impressed. Okay, well, I've got one. two more. <laughs> Start okay. over, yeah. Okay, cool. Don't know what you're packing up for. Um, so, <laughs> I am... <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm so bad. I should have, like, written them out phonetically. I am Ararat, and I am located in eastern Turkey on the border with Armenia. I mean, if you're telling me that these are mountains, then... sorry, All murderers! All murderers, sorry. If you're telling me these are murderers, then they all seem to be on a border. Do they, why do they live on borders? Oh. Like, okay, right. Next, continue, continue. Give me the, Give me more. I am responsible for an unconfirmed number of deaths. However, I can confirm that I killed two Italians in 2006. 
mountain. Correct. I am Mount Boom. Ararat, a.k.a. the resting place of Noah's Ark in the book of Genesis. Oh. Since the 1700s, there have been numerous expeditions to find the remains of the Ark, but to this day, the Ark is yet to be found on Ararat or any mountain. So um, there you go. You'll probably be looking a while, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or it might be with a murderer. We don't know. We don't know. Maybe with... Noah was a murderer. Who knows? Mm, well, I mean, did he murder people by not letting them onto his boat? Some would say. Did he murder the unicorn? Maybe. I, I don't... Wow. Did he murder the dinosaurs? Could have done. He could did, have been the... Did he? he could is, have, it creation, is it creationists? They're the madheads who think that, that dinosaurs that, and humans coexisted and the Earth's like 6,000 years old? Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway. I am Shankaria and Ooh. I'm located in Rajasthan in India. Okay. Okay. Am I a murderer or a mountain? I want more information. At the minute, I'm thinking maybe murderer because. Okay. I'd, but I don't like how it, if that's the case, it'd go murderer, mountain murderer. That's too formulaic. You're, over, you're overthinking this. But, I am directly responsible. Oh, sorry, go on. But um, I don't feel like the. I mean, I could be completely wrong, but I don't feel like India just has like. Does it have just like mountains in the middle of like region yeah. like okay well i don't know i've never been right so okay okay um i'm okay. gonna say um so far i'm gonna say murderer but <laughs> okay i am directly responsible for at least 70 deaths since the 1970s that's a mountain if it's since 1970s because that's kind mm -hmm. of like ongoing okay yeah, yeah. mountain i am campimata shan Shankaria. I was arrested in 1978 oh, after racking up a suspected 100 kills in just two years. Busy I was executed. boy. A busy boy. I was executed in 1979 at the age of 27, which coincidentally is the same age as Amy Winehouse. Ooh, 27. So there you go. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that was Mountain or Murderer. Yay! Do you think that do you think that's um one and done or do you think that'd be a recurrence? I mean it's up to you. If if you can carry on finding these mountains and murderers that fit in with the with the mm. uh, theme then you go for it. Yeah, valley or uh, valley or white collar crime. That's going to be the next one. Um <laughs> Nice. <laughs> there we go. Uh so yeah, that's my daft little feature for this I enjoyed episode. It. Yeah, it's, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't great either, but there we go. Anyway. It was what it was. Beth, where can people find you on the Sockiel Media? They can find me at Beth Fang Lily on Instagram, TikTok, and probably some other places, but I forget. And I am at Lizard Thumb on all social media platforms. If you are not doing anything on the 1st of next month, which I believe is May, which is a Sunday... Oh. Um, our comedy group, uh, Run Riot Comedy, will be making their debut performance um, at the Royal Park as part of the LS6 Jam. Uh, so that starts at 7 o'clock. It's free in, but we've got a collection bucket at the end if you think we've done a good job. Uh, that's Run Riot Comedy debuting at Royal Park uh, in two weeks' time, uh, May the 1st. May the 1st be with you. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Cool. I yeah. I will see if we are doing anything because I am very interested. What is this LS6, LS6 thing? 
Uh, so it's called the LS6... Um, what's it called? The LS6 Improv Jam. So basically it's a show where... There's two acts on. We're one of them. I'm not too sure who the other one is, to be honest with you. Um, but, so they're probably going to be okay. Oh, it's a group from Otley. I can't remember their name. So it's all local stuff. Okay. And what happens is we get a half, they get a half. But in between the halves, uh, we have an audience improv jam where if you're feeling up for it, you put your name into a bucket. And if your name gets drawn from the bucket, you go on stage and do an improv scene. Oh, you know that I'd put my name on that. I've never done improv in my life, but you know that I'd do it. I've I've told you that you should start doing improv, Beth, many times before, um, and this could be a good start because back when I back when I was but a wee nipper starting out on the comedy scene, um, it was a really great way to sort of stretch my legs and get improv experience with uh, people outside of my group, so you could sort of see different styles, feel out, see what works, and it's basically just a great supportive place uh, where if it goes great, it goes great, and if you fall on your ass. It's no bother, and people are very supportive there. It's a really good environment. So that's the LS6 Improv Jam. That's every month, and we're going to be debuting uh, on the first. So oh, it's every month. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, it's every month. Yeah, I went there oh. last month, um, and uh, yeah, did a scene with a lad called Paul from Chip Chop Improv, a little two prof uh, two prof group uh, down from Nottingham and London. They were great. Cool. Uh, who awesome. else was there? Secret Citizens, Alex Dunlop's group, uh, really good, really good. Uh, Baz and uh, Ben, they were really good uh, for their uh, for their half, and uh, yeah, good stuff all around. So yeah, cool. May I will, first. Comedy. I will try to. I will endeavour to check it out. Yeah, um, if you May want, first. I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, whatever, it's fine. Don't worry about it. But yeah, I will try to. <laughs> oh, I'd I'd like to. It'd be nice. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. Is but, it yeah. in the park? No, the Royal Park is the name of a pub. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, it's that upstairs. Okay. It's upstairs at the upstairs at the Royal Park. Um, okay, cool. Which, and it's at seven o'clock, which I'm really happy about because I don't get to miss the F1. Yeah. <laughs> cool. We've stats are two that day, but uh, yes. Uh, thanks for joining us, everybody, and uh, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.